Hey, what's up? This is Victor. Uh, Daniel and I are outside of Max Bloom's downtown Fullerton. You are listening to It's an Adventure with Daniel and Victor. That was a car. Oh, that was a cop. Cop car just drove by. That's how hardcore we fucking are. Yeah. So, listen, you could catch us on Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, and basically anywhere you can... There's a fucking sting going on. <laughs> um, and then a family of six just drove by. So, listen, you can catch us on Spotify, Breaker, Anchor, and basically anywhere you can find your podcast. So, check it out in one of those places. All right, let's begin. So, we have... Uh, uh, a birthday today. Yes. <laughs> yes, we do. It is your birthday, yeah, Mr. Victor. I say that. Oh, by the way, I saw that you made an Instagram post, but I didn't get a chance to like read it. Thank you very much. Thank you for not taking the time to read that Instagram <laughs> post. I saw it. I'm like, that I took. Uh, it took me a good five minutes. Five minutes to, to write it. And it was three in the morning, and I I wrote it with lots and lots <laughs> of love. Yeah. Thank you, uh, and thank you for the bag of chips last night. No problem. Uh, I ate like half of it. But I know, but it got me through. <laughs> you should have got Jagna crack. Nah, dude, because I'm. Tr- I told you I'm trying to. Yeah. Even you- if it's a couple dollars, that money is going to Camp Flogna. Yeah, you're gonna see kids see ghosts. I'm gonna see kids. I'm gonna see Kanye. I really hope Kanye go flips fucking out. nuts. Yeah. I do this for you. <laughs> <laughs> I hope he like takes his shit on stage and <laughs> chucks it. That I, w- I wouldn't put it past him. That TMZ interview or that TMZ clip with him like talking about slavery, yeah, is fucking nuts. Because one of the TMZ guys gets like yells at him too, yeah. and he's like, he he says really uh, valid things to him. Yeah, like I think what everyone was was thinking, he he said it. And it's so strange that he decided to go on TMZ yeah. to do his expose. <laughs> it was like, it, it's fucking goddamn 20-minute video. And yeah. I watched that whole thing, and it kept getting weirder, you know? Yeah. My favorite, did you ever see that, that thing he did where he's like, uh, you ever see that bitch from Wreck-It Ralph? You know, the, the one who glitches all over the place? You don't think people look at me like the motherfucking glitch? <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a that's a future episode of the podcast. We take a, a Kanye West quote out of quote. context. Yeah. <laughs> no, even in context, I don't know what the fuck he was trying to say. <laughs> because the interviewer was like, "Whoa, where did this come from?" <laughs> um, I'll say I'll say this one last thing about Kanye. He says a lot of things. Some yeah. of them stupid, some of them controversial. Mm-hmm. But um, in at the end of the day, I remember years ago, maybe like ten years ago, when he was, I think, at the MTV uh, Music Awards, and he he won an award or something, and he said, "I want to be Elvis." Yeah, he's like, "I want to be Elvis." That's how big I want to be. Uh, I think he's hit that. I you can you can tell you can say he's he's a psycho and he's crazy mm-hmm. and he's he doesn't know what he's talking about, but there's. He's definitely made his mark on the culture. Yeah, forever. He's. I think he is. He. If he's not, 
I don't think he's as big as Elvis, but he's when we look back on this time period, mm-hmm. like early two thousands to now, music wise and pop culture wise, he's definitely gonna be um big figure in it. I you know, up I, there with like Beyonce and shit. Well, cause like people were pissed at him, yeah, for all that shit. But that that kids see ghosts album, yeah, it's good. I is even really goddamn good. I even like the 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 ye, the ye one. The mm-hmm. one that I people yeah. don't like it, but I like it a lot because it's very much. If you listen to the songs, it's about you know what, what he's going through, and it's about his family and his daughter. And you would imagine like people expect like these big grandiose things, like a, maybe like another my beautiful twisted fantasy whatever yeah but um he puts out this this album that's just what seven songs and they're all really personal like he gets to do that and that's that's fine yeah and that's why i like it because it's very it's a very intimate album mm-hmm. yeah but uh anyway this is um uh th- sorry man i'm <laughs> it's fine dude i i sidetracked you with my uh my uh kanye west thing i'm a kanye west sympathizer oh no Oh no, that's out on the internet now. Okay, so actually, we, we so this is it's an adventure with Victor and Daniel. It sure is. Sorry, because I'm getting stuff stuff. I'm getting all my ducks in a row for this uh, yeah. for this episode. We have um, really excited actually for this. We're gonna be reading part of a story about McDonald's. All right. Um, we're gonna read half of that, and then the other half we're gonna read next week. Then we'll go to Reddit. Have a couple ask Reddit questions. Um, we'll read some funny questions, funny answers, uh, and then at the end of the show, we'll be go- <laughs> we'll be uh, doing some messages and emails that we've gotten. Gotcha. For oh, it's an adventure. We did. Yeah. I did not know that. This is awesome. Okay, I can't wait. I'll 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 say this. Um, uh, I'm looking at an email, and that's why I got sidetracked and confused. Uh, the the. The topic is called fan fuction. <laughs> Who wrote it? Uh, by a gentleman named Dick Boner. So, and then I, I we I have another message that uh, I want to read on air. All so. right, cool. Uh, so we gotta get going. Let's do this. Uh, this first story comes from the Daily Beast from a guy named Jeff Mache, and it's entitled. You know, giving credit where credit is due. Yeah. How an ex-cop rigged McDonald's Monopoly game and stole millions. Here's the, like, subtitle or whatever. Jerome Jacobson and his network of mobsters, psychics, strip club owners, and drug traffickers won almost every prize for 12 years until the FBI launched Operation Final Answer. (laughs) 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 <laughs> All right. Again, this is from the Daily Beast, and it's by Jeff Mache. Yeah. Uh, was it July twenty eighth? So on August third, two thousand one. Wait, wait, wait. It, so the, the name of the op- it's Operation Final Answer. That's what the FBI launched. And it has to do with the the Monopoly thing. Right? <laughs> the Monopoly. Why couldn't money. they name it something more clever, like Operation? Uh, go straight to jail. Do not collect <laughs> two hundred on the way there, <laughs> or is that giving it away a little too much? It's giving it away a little bit because you know when the FBI does something, you don't want them to know. That's true. You know, that's, so, wh- that's why they give them these really epic code names whenever they embark on these missions or operations. That's why Trump couldn't give very simple answers <laughs> when they asked him, "How are you going to deal with terrorism?" <laughs> 
On August 3rd, 2001, a McDonald's film crew arrived in the bustling beach town of Westerly, Rhode Island. They carried their cameras and a giant cashier's check to a row of townhouses and knocked on the door of Michael Hoover. The 56-year-old bachelor had called a McDonald's hotline to say he'd won their Monopoly competition. Since 1987, McDonald's customers had feverishly collected Monopoly game pieces attached to drink cups, french fry packets, and advertising inserts in magazines. By completing groups of properties like Baltic and Mediterranean Avenues, players won cash or a Sega Game... What? Sega Game Gear. What? Well, instant... old. <laughs> yeah. I get 1987 is when this okay, started. Gotcha, okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. While instant win game pieces scored a free filet fish or a Jamaican vacation. But Hoover, a casino pit boss who had recently filed for bankruptcy, claimed he'd won the grand prize, $1 million. Have you ever played this game? Um, I haven't. I've I've got a McDonald's and I've peeled the stickers and stuff. Yeah. Usually I only redeem it if it's like, oh, good for one milkshake or yeah. small fries. I've never or a drink or something. A drink, yeah. I've never actually like pursued it and played it. That's the extent I went to Nationals for speech and debate and there was a McDonald's across the street when they did that. So I actually collected a few of those. Yeah. But it, I wasn't I didn't go out of my way. Yeah. And I think now I was listening to I think two best friends and they said um, you could just go online now and like apply for it. You oh, know? really? Yeah. Oh, like you don't need a purchase because it's not gambling. Because if you purchase something and get something that might win you more money, yeah. that'd be considered gambling. Gotcha. So this is just luck of the draw type deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like winning the Powerball, the odds of Hoover's win were one in two hundred and fifty million. By the way. Lottery winners usually <laughs> wind up fucked up or insane or something. Yeah, because they they spend their money on blow and they either spend their money or suddenly friends they didn't know they had start coming, coming up out of the woodwork. Like, yeah. hey man, I'm I'm your Uncle Tom. <laughs> like, I didn't even know I had an Uncle Tom. That's well, now cool. you do. Oh, that's that's one thing that makes me nervous if I ever get rich or famous, where it's like suddenly people I didn't think cared about me. Yeah. Come if, out of nowhere. If I become rich or famous, if I become rich, no one's ever gonna find out. Yeah, I'm basically basically gonna keep the same lifestyle, yeah. live in like the same house or shitty apartment I live in, and I'm just gonna not let anybody know. Or just like take trips. Yeah. Once, like once every couple months, because that's like people don't bat an eye at yeah. that. I'll yeah. do I'll do uh, crazy things where um I'll I'll stick uh money down my pants. Yeah. And so when I walk, I'll I'll drip uh, $100 bills. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Are you going to give are you going to go to bars and hand out $100 bills? To, yeah, like to Dennis Rodman. <laughs> Dennis Rodman was at the fucking harp again this week and I missed him. <laughs> I missed him. But I, I heard he's kind of a creep. So I was going to say I yeah. heard he was being super creepy yeah. that day. So uh, maybe it's it's a good thing that I don't meet Dennis Rodman. For people who don't know, uh, there is an, uh, a place in Costa Mesa called the Harp Inn. Where, uh, it's a home. It's a home to comedy. It's a dope place. It's a dope place. They have a uh, comedy open mic Monday and Tuesday, mm -hmm. and sometimes uh, on Mondays and Tuesdays because I think he was at the Harp yesterday too. Are you shitting me? Yeah. Oh, well, today's Wednesday for people. We're recording this. Yeah, on Wednesday. yeah, yeah. Uh, yesterday, Dennis Rodman was at the Harp again. And Dennis Rodman lives in Costa Mesa, so he goes there, yep. and he just spouts nonsense. <laughs> he goes there, smokes cigars, goes up on stage, and just 
talks bullshit like we don't know what the fuck he's talking about. And I guess he he said some outlandish things yesterday. Didn't, didn't someone say that he was up on stage and someone asked, who was like your hero growing up? And he started seeing, singing Santa Maria. Yeah. No, he started singing San- Santeria. By Santeria. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah. Yeah. All right. There were two ways to win the Monopoly Grand Prize. Find the instant win game piece like Hoover or match Park Place with the elusive boardwalk to choose between a heavily taxed lump sum of 50 or a $50,000 check every year for 20 years. That's a lot of money. $50,000 for 20 years? Yeah. Just like the Monopoly board game, which was invented as a warning about the destructive nature of greed. (laughs) (laughs) That's true, by the way. Yeah. Players traded game pieces to win or outbid each other on eBay. Armed robbers even held up restaurants de- demanding <laughs> Monopoly tickets. No, don't give it. No, I don't I want, want cash. Give that the Monopoly game pieces. Give me those Monopoly game pieces <laughs> and, a, and, a, and a chicken sandwich to go. <laughs> um, don't go to jail. Go to McDonald's and play Monopoly for real, cried Rich Uncle Pennybags, the game's mustachioed... Mu- mascot wait that's his actual name rich what's his name rich uncle pennybags <laughs> the game's mustachioed mascot on tv commercials that sent customers flocking to buy more food monopoly quickly became the company's most lucrative marketing device since the happy meal holy fuck like talk about taking taking the core concept of something and just twi- it's like when the lorax came out <laughs> Yeah. And they started selling Hummers with Lorax <laughs> shit on it. Yeah, they don't know if that uh, if you have a Hummer, you don't put gas in it. You just put uh, pure rainforest yeah, I was and gonna endangered say, species into t- the tank. You take like lemurs and grind them <laughs> off. <laughs> and that's how you make it go. <laughs> inside, inside Hoover's home. By the way, this guy, I just read something down here. He, he's got a small sense of humor. Inside Hoover's home, Amy Murray, a loyal McDonald's spokesperson, encouraged him to tell the camera about the luckiest moment of his life. Nervously clutching his massive check, Hoover said he'd fallen asleep on the beach. When he bent over to wash off the sand, his People magazine fell into the sea. (laughs) He, He bought another copy from a grocery store, he said, and inside was an advertising insert with the instant win game piece. This is very cinematic. That was like I'm gonna be. That was a pretty boring story to like <laughs> wind up at that ending. Yeah, I think also too a- after this came out, uh, Hollywood has been uh, clamoring to get the rights to this to make a movie. They they did. They already have. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. Because uh, I think August, like I read an August third on Daily Beast, yeah. where it was like, oh, the uh, the Daily Beast article we wrote a couple weeks ago is being picked up for a movie. So. The camera crew listened patiently to his rambling story, yeah, (laughs) silently recognizing the inconsequential details found in stories told by liars. They suspected that Hoover was not a lucky winner, but part of a major criminal conspiracy to defraud the fast food chain of millions of dollars. The two men behind the camera were not from McDonald's. They were undercover agents from the FBI. I love how... (laughs) <laughs> oh, by the way, this was a mixed sting. <laughs> I love how, yeah, like, I, I heard that story and it's like, fuck you. Yeah. I knew a guy in community college who he told a story 
about and i don't like this guy he's not my friend yeah i want to get that clear because yeah. I, I don't like talking shit about my friends behind their backs yeah this guy is not my friend um he's like he told a story about like a girl like how he hooked up with a girl the overall thing was he hooked up with a girl and apparently the fuck was so good quote unquote that she like threatened to kill herself what? if like he didn't go back and it's i can't describe why yeah but it's like the way he described it it did not happen yeah and even if he did he bragged about taking advantage of of a girl to the point where he like she wanted to kill herself yeah you know either way it's a lose-lose either way i don't know why he thought i victor would appreciate the fucking story yeah yeah at the FBI's Jacksonville field office in Florida, Special Agent Richard Dent added the Hoover videotape to his growing pile of evidence. Sandy-haired and highly organized, Dent was a 13-year veteran. I, don't, I thought that was going to say 13-year-old. <laughs> Dent was a 13-year veteran of the Bur- Bureau who spent his days investigating public corruption and bank fraud. But in the last 12 months, his desk had filled with fast food paraphernalia. Leaflets for Pick Your Prize Monopoly and Who Wants to Be a Millionaire described McDonald's games played in 14 countries. I think in, in fighting crime and in doing this whole McDonald's thing, yeah. I, I wonder how, how much weight he gained. Yeah, I know. Because I think he would have eaten a lot of McDonald's. Yeah. He'd probably gained like 50 pounds. Well, because some of those... Assumption. Some of those drive throughs are like 24 hours. So yeah. Like, when you're on a lookout or something. Stakeout. Yeah. It's been a while since I've been to McDonald's, to tell you the truth. I don't I don't really eat there. It's been a hot minute for me too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I eat it and it's instant diarrhea. I don't <laughs> it's I, I don't think my body's accustomed to it anymore. Uh yeah, I um I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I it's it it's not my thing. Yeah. I, I, I like I get nostalgia for it, I guess, when I get the regular cheeseburgers. Yeah. But it's I don't go out of my way, you know. Me neither. Um, he read small print that revealed how the odds were stacked against the customer. McDonald's makes one piece from each set of properties extremely rare. So while thousands have three of the four railroads, the odds of pulling the short line railroad and winning a PT cruiser were one in 150 million. This is worse than the lottery, <laughs> I think. Density investigation had started in 2000 when a mysterious informant called the f i'm gonna burp that was a burp oh, i'm getting stomach acid just from reading this right <laughs> getting stomach acid just from reading this mcdonald's stuff because now i'm thinking about it now i'm really craving it after i leave here i think i'm gonna go there and get a get myself a deluxe that's the thing have you seen the fucking founder no, I haven't. With, the, with uh, Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton? Yeah. yeah, like they tried to make it look bad, but it's like fuck the way they made the burgers. Yeah, it's like I want a cheeseburger. I want it, but I don't want a McDonald's cheese. <laughs> I'll go there for my birthday. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll put a they'll put a little candle on it. Yeah, get a Happy Meal so you can also get a gift. Yeah, I know. Yeah, Wait, is it, I think it's Mario shit. Yeah, that'd yeah. be cool. Oh, that's cool. Maybe that's the, that might be outdated information. But it might be. Yeah. Dent's investigation had started in 2000 when a mysterious informant called the FBI and claimed that McDonald's games had been rigged by an insider known as Uncle Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> the person really <laughs> creepy. <laughs> My Uncle Jerry. My Uncle Jerry. He's always going to McDonald's and 
playing Monopoly. He's crazy. <laughs> Don't listen to him. The person revealed that winners paid Uncle Jerry for stolen game pieces in various ways. The $1 million winners, for example, passed the first $50,000 installment to Uncle Jerry in cash. Sometimes Uncle Jerry would demand cash up front, requiring winners to mortgage their homes to come up with the money. God damn. According to the informant, members of one close-knit family in Jacksonville had claimed three $1 million prizes and a Dodge Viper. <laughs> Holy shit. When Dent alerted McDonald's headquarters in Oak Brook, Illinois, executives were deeply concerned. The company's top lawyers pledged to help the FBI and faxed Dent a list of past winners. They explained that their game pieces were produced by a Los Angeles company, Simon Marketing, and printed by Dittler Brothers in Oakwood, Georgia, a firm trusted with printing U.S. mail stamps and lotto scratch-offs. The person in charge of the game pieces was Simon's director of security, Jerry Jacobson. Like, I'm I'm not in favor of these criminals. Yeah. But, like, really, McDonald's made it impossible, like, almost impossible for anyone to win. Yeah. You know, because it's, you heard where it's like, they made one of those things really hard to get. Yeah. But even if you get that, you still need the other three. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't get those three, you're not getting anything. Yeah. God damn. It's like the the Triforce of money, but it's McDonald's. Uh, and I do want to remind everyone, Mc, or, uh, Monopoly was meant to show that greed was bad yeah. and how capitalism will lead to destruction <laughs> ultimately. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, it's that thing. You ever play Monopoly with friends yeah. who are into it? I've I've been to... I've played Monopoly games where dudes have cried. They've cried? <laughs> Damn. So it's not... It's not... When everyone says this shit breaks up families, that's kind of the point of yeah. the game, you know? Whenever it gets to that point, whenever I play Monopoly with somebody, I have, I have a rule that yeah. I only have, and that is uh, if I get mad or if... Um, I ever get offended or anything, yeah. I flip the board. Yeah. So Good. whenever I'm like I'm starting to feel the hate, yeah. I immediately Boop. flip the board and then the game's over and we play something else. <laughs> I remember I was playing like checkers with my she was like eight or nine at the time. She yeah. was no, she was young. She was like eight. And um I had won five games in a row and the last game she was about to win, but her dad came to pick her up. So we didn't we weren't able to finish it. Yeah. So I just considered that she forfeited and I won. <laughs> <the game>. <laughs> <laughs> Dent thought that he had found his man, but after installing a wiretap on Jacob's Jacobson's phone, he realized that his tip had led to a supersized conspiracy. Jacobson was the head of a sprawling network of mobsters, psychics, strip club owners, convicts, drug traffickers, and even a family of Mormons <laughs> who had falsely claimed more than $24 million in cash and prizes. Dude, when you get the psychics and the Mormons in on it, you know you got a fucking operation going on. Like, you know when Mormons are breaking the law, some <laughs> shit is bad. But who among them had betrayed Jacobson and why? Dent knew agents had to move carefully. If they apprehended a winner, quote-unquote, too soon, he or she might alert other members of the conspiracy who would destroy evidence or flee. With the scheme still in full swing, the FBI needed to team up with McDonald's to catch Uncle Jerry and his crew red-handed. 
<laughs> God damn, collect $200 salary as you pass. Sorry, that's one of the pictures on there. Oh, I guess that's like end of act one. Gotcha. Uh, because it starts off like as if we were starting another thing. Yeah. Uh, what's our time? How are we, we doing? We are at like around 23 minutes. Okay, so we got a little bit more time. Yeah. We we are we've barely scratched the surface of this. I, I can tell. This is a whole. This is an epic. A we, we've just epic. We've realized that there's more to it. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Ronald McDonald is in on it now, <laughs> and, and he's Uncle trying to Jerry. catch Uncle Jerry. He's trying to catch Uncle Jerry. Jerome Paul Jacobson always dreamed of becoming a police officer. He was born in night. Bad sign. He was born in 1943 in Youngstown. Ohio and moved to Miami as a teenager. Chronic allergies and a series of unlucky injuries always seemed to ruin his ambitions, like when he applied for the Marines but was discharged from basic training with high arches. In 1976, he was sworn into Florida's Hollywood Police Department, but just a year later, he injured his wrist in an altercation. During a prolonged medical leave in 1980, Jacobson collapsed with a severe paralysis in, in his arms, legs, eyes, and respiratory system. Doctors diagnosed a rare neurological disorder, and Jacobson's police officer wife, Marsha, took a leave of absence to take care for him. To take care for him. Okay. I became his private nurse. I bathed him, massaged his muscles, fed him, <laughs> she recalled. With Jacobson unfit to return to work, the city terminated him. By 1981, the couple had moved to Atlanta, Georgia, where Jacobson recovered enough to work as a mechanic, building alternators for cars he couldn't afford. Oh, so they have a whole thing where he's he's a bitter cop. Yeah, well, that I mean, he's a bitter go. not cop. Not cop, yeah. I had a friend who was like, he was going to go to the military. He was like set the next day and he was playing basketball and he broke his leg the day before <laughs> he was gonna he was gonna ship off. Yeah. I don't know how the fuck he broke his leg, but he he did it. Was it was it accidental or was it on purpose? Was he did, was he, he, did he have like cold feet? Did he not want to go? Or? No, he later on went to go join the military. Oh, like he's okay. in the military right now. Gotcha. But he just I guess it was like he said it was a message not to go into that branch. Gotcha. So he went somewhere else. And okay. I don't remember where where he went after. He that. went to some some sort of military. You know how back in the like I think nineties McDonald's uh, was giving they gave out VHSs. Yeah. With cartoons starring uh, Ronald. Yeah. Grimace, the Hamburglar. I think they need to bring this back, and I think it needs to be Ronald McDonald. Uh, Grimace the Hamburglar catch Uncle Jerry. Is Grimace the purple thing? Yeah, yeah. he's the purple thing. So there should be a, a return of this, of these cartoons, and it should be about this, how they catch evil Uncle Jerry. It'll be like a Hardy Boys novel. Yeah. yeah. And it'll have a, it'll also feature Mr. Moneybags, I think that's his name, the Mo- Monopoly dude. Uh, it, Penny, whatever, yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> You'll <laughs> find out that like Uncle Jerry is just like this ruthless kingpin, yeah. and he's he's like, We'll have a scene where the Monopoly guy goes up to him. He's like, I'm doing this for you. And Uncle Jerry's like, shut the fuck up. And back, <laughs> <backhands> him. <laughs> like, go, go, go do this thing. Like, yes, sir. It'll be like the beginning of Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> <laughs> where Easy E's jumping out of uh, in the drug, houses. In the drug den. Yeah. No, when that guy's like, bitch, get us a beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of Straight Outta Compton is very, very action-packed because it's e- he goes yeah. in there 
and he's he's with the drug dealers, <laughs> and then the tank. the tank comes in. Yeah, yeah, that was that was epic. I I remember that to this very day. Luckily, Marsha was offered a job as a security auditor for the accounting firm Arthur Arthur Young, and was assigned to one of their clients, Dittler Brothers. <laughs> That's a bad name. Did Dittler bro- Brothers or Dittler? Dittler. Dittler. But like. When you're when you're middle school or elementary school, yeah. Hey, it's Dittler the Diddler kind yeah. of thing. That could go either way. You can go that Dittler the Diddler, or um, it sounds very much like Hitler. Yeah, Dittler the Hitler. Yeah, Adolf Dittler. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. In 1981, she recommended her husband for a job there too, but the couple constantly argued at work, and by 1983, they had divorced. Finding his feet in private security, Jacobson started to climb the ranks until he oversaw all production for Dittler's client, Simon Marketing, and their $500 million McDonald's account. Not liking where this is going. (laughs) When Jacobson marched through the printing works with his slicked back hair and a little paunch that overhung his belt, he looked every part the (laughs) (laughs) ex-cop. He was quick with a joke, but commanded respect for his hard work and obsession with loss prevention. He inspected workers' shoes to check they weren't stealing McDonald's game pieces, one colleague told me, while a truck driver who transported game pieces recalled, I couldn't even go to the bathroom without someone going with me. Holy shit. Impressed by Jacobson's attention to detail and police credentials, in 1988, Simon Marketing poached him. Okay, I'm going to talk about the bathroom thing at the end of the show. For sure. Yeah. It was my responsibility to keep the integrity of the game and get those winners to the public, Jacobson would later tell investigators. Before each biannual game, Jacobson arrived at the drab Dittler brother. (laughs) That Dittler shit is still (laughs) fucking me up, man. Dittler Brothers' office at 5 a.m. to observe their Omega-3 supercomputer making the McDonald's prize draw. He watched the printing presses that roared for 24 hours a day for three months using 100 railroad cars of paper to print half a billion game pieces. Laid end-to-end, the paper tickets would stretch from New York to Sydney. Nearly two tickets for every American Jacobson observed technicians applying the instant winner stamp to blank game pieces and pioneered random watermarks that deterred counterfeiters. He locked the winning pieces in a vault behind coded keypads and dual-entry combination locks. It was Jacobson who personally scissored out the high-value game pieces and slipped them into envelopes before sealing each corner with a tamper tamper-proof metallic sticker and a secret vest of his invention jacobson transported (laughs) the winning pieces to mcdonald's packaging factories across the country like this is all very impressive but it it is a monopoly game yeah (laughs) it feels like the minute you hear that and you you're like that's some hardcore spy shit you know yeah but then you remember the context of what they're doing it under and you're like what why what the fuck is going on yeah yeah it's strange right it is pretty strange everything he did was overseen by an independent auditor on flights she sat in coach while jacobson flew first class that's fucked up (laughs) 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 how would you like if i'm if i'm making sure you're doing okay yeah 
Or like if you're making sure I'm not breaking the rules and I'm in first class and you're in coach, how would you feel about that? I wouldn't feel very good about that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Where he tried to impress other passengers by flashing his old police badge. Fuck off. On one flight, Jacobson and another security manager sent an air steward back to show the accountant the empty liquor bottles they'd guzzled. When they arrived at the factory, Jacobson would summon a forklift of French fry containers, hide the winning game piece, and send into send it into the wild. Then he liked to hit a Ruth's Chris Steakhouse and order everything. <laughs> more than he could eat and charge it to his expense account. Fuck this guy. This is everything I hate about a person. Yeah. Flashing his police badge, like talking about how much he drinks. Yeah. And then wasting food. Yeah. You know? And then having people ride in coach while he rides in first class. Well, because that's the thing, because she was riding coach and then she'd be sent back empty liquor bottles. Yeah. <laughs> I, I guess this goes to show that if you, like, we. People, we human beings will just take advantage of just about anything. Oh yeah! If we see like something like, oh wait, we can, we can rig the shit out of this. We will rig the shit out of it. Like I, 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 I had a coach, and he told me, if shit ever went down, like if he couldn't, if he needed to make money, he'd either make a church, right? Yeah. Because people just give you money for that. Yeah. Or he would um, set up. Oh, what was it? He'd set up a brothel. <laughs> But in the vein that it would be your coach from high school? No, 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 no. Oh. from from uh, community college. Oh, okay, that's about it. Okay. Um, okay. he'd set up a brothel and but make it look like a porn shoot. So if you film it, it's technically pornography. Yeah. But they'd come in and pay to have sex with someone. Yes. So it'd be a brothel, and as director, you just toss the. Uh, Toss the footage because gotcha. it's not good, you know? Okay, this has inspired me. I am just letting you know, Victor, and letting everybody know listening to the podcast, I am quitting everything I'm doing right now. And you're going to do that? I'm going to quit this podcast. I'm going to quit uh, stand-up comedy. I'm going to quit uh, making videos on the internet. I am going to start my new church. Yeah. My new church of uh, Daniel Daniel Ferry Sal- Salvation. Yeah. And uh, you guys should all go because uh, we're, we're going to be filming pornos. In well, that church. Like, I mean, really, y- you do need to find prostitutes. I can find them. I yeah. can go down to Beach Boulevard and it's Harbor, true. you know. It's true. Every time I'm on beach late at night, I see, you see ladies of the night. And you always out. see them wearing, uh, uh, not wearing, uh, carrying fast food. Yeah. I always notice that with like, they have KFC or Carl's Jr. They or want something. that McDonald's prize money. They want it, dude. They didn't know it was rigged. They don't have enough money to yeah. read this shit. <laughs> <laughs> the 1980s was America's decade of greed, and it was Jacobson's job to create instant millionaires. <laughs> Playing God was intoxicating, as was holding a stranger's fate in the palm of his hands. <laughs> Female employees among the 30 staff he controlled complained that he criticized how they dressed, and he often wrote up workers for mistakes. Jacobson's $70,000 salary was six times his police officer's pay, and he was obsessed with achieving the gold medallion airline status, sometimes flying to factories via several cities to accrue airline points to the irritation of those who had to shadow him. (laughs) This guy was doing Me Too before it became popular. For real. (laughs) It doesn't surprise me, though. 
He oh, sounds like a always slime been going. ball. And that shit's always been going on. It yeah. just became like a big thing. Yeah. Jacobson was also deep into his own get-rich-quick scheme. He boasted to colleagues that he was waiting to collect his riches from a mysterious investment. All he needed was to find 10 more people to sign up and invest. A psychic had told him to invest money and he would be rich, richly rewarded, one former colleague told me. But they believed he'd invested in a Ponzi scheme. <laughs> one colleague told me Jacobson swore by the advice of a local fortune teller and often excused himself from working, saying, I think she needs to tell me something. Fuck. This was the man entrusted with creating a theft-proof system for one of America's largest corporations. It was a thrill to protect the Monopoly promotion, and only a natural part of his job to consider the system's fallibilities. But soon, the temptation to steal had become <laughs> irresistible. <laughs> uh, where, where are we at? We're at 35 minutes. Okay, um... All right, I think I'm going to get through these next couple paragraphs, and then we'll see how we're And then we're it will be to be continued. Yeah, like, let me Or s- you motherfuckers can go read the article online yourself. Yeah. Lazy pieces of shit. No, I'm kidding. I love you guys. All Keep right. listening. Just lost my place. Give me a sec. Uh, can you stall for a sec? Yeah, oh, yeah, never mind. Yeah. I'm gonna oh, there we go. One day in 1989, holy shit, this has been going on for a couple of years now. Damn. One day... In 1989, at a family gathering in Miami, Jacobson slipped his stepbrother Marvin Braun a game piece worth $250,000. I don't know if I just wanted to show him I could do something or bragging. (laughs) Jacobson later admitted, but he just needed to see if I could do it. When his local butcher in Atlanta heard that Jacobson was in charge of the McDonald's Monopoly prizes, he said he'd like to win a prize. Jacobson boasted that he could make it happen, (laughs) but it would look too suspicious because they were friends and neighbors. The butcher offered to find a distant friend to claim a $10,000 prize and gave Jacobson $2,000 for the stolen ticket. Yeah. It was easy money. I think when they make this movie, they should have me direct it because I just thought of a great scene in the movie where say like this guy he's making a transaction right mm-hmm. and it's uh he's giving him a briefcase full of money yeah so the guys are like okay you got my money like here you go so he hands him the briefcase the guy takes the briefcase opens it up no money inside just a, <laughs> a fucking monopoly just a <laughs> just one of those little strips that you peel off the fucking fries or the drink yeah i like i hope whoa I like how this guy's just, just went nuts. Sorry. this guy's just handing these strips out like they're magic stones. He's like, here you go. To a f- yeah, to yeah. If you like, here's this, here's that. Just to see if he could. Just to see if he could. It was like, it's like when you read those books about people who murder someone. Yeah. Just to see, see if they could. Yeah. If I yeah. could get away with it. Like, <laughs> oh, I've been thinking about it. It's like the they so cavalierly like admit like. Oh, yeah, I thought about murdering somebody, and I just did it. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, I thought about uh, skydiving. You yeah. Know, that sounded like fun, so I thought I'd try it. Um, McDonald's was already overwhelmed with employee theft. In Sheboygan, Wisconsin, a yeah, 17- dude, taking people taking all those hash browns? I know. I'm the- <laughs> In Sheboygan, Wisconsin, a 17-year-old restaurant employee was arrested for stealing 3,000 Monopoly game pieces. In response, McDonald's started handing out game pieces from a secure roll at the counter. As a result, Jacobson was removed from the seating process for several years. But in 1995, as McDonald's ramped up the scale of the promotion, 
Game pieces were blown onto soft drink cups and hash brown wrappers. <laughs> that year, Ronald McDonald and Monopoly's rich Uncle Pennybags rang the opening bell on Wall Street, and Jacobson <laughs> found himself back in charge of distributing the game pieces. <laughs> Very strange times indeed. Um, they really need to have me make this movie because I would make a sequel where it'd be a post-apocalyptic world like Fallout, and yeah. the, the currency would be McDonald's Monopoly game, game pieces. pieces. Yeah. Holy shit, we got so much to go. I really, I really got to be careful when I say we're going to finish. Yeah. Something next week because this is a long, fucking article. So we'll just say this: we'll finish this story eventually. Yeah. Like Sonic High School. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's what's Sonic High School? I don't know what that is. What what did I say? I didn't say anything. You know, just expect nothing and you'll get less than that. There you go. So when we do actually bring it up again or talk about it again, it'll be a nice surprise. Yeah. So uh, I think that that's a good place to end right now because it's ju- you have the setup and then we'll do a little bit of it next week yeah. before we go on to something else next week. For sure. Um, all right. Give me, uh, give me a second. I'll give you nothing. Nothing, and I don't care because it's your birthday. <laughs> can you like, can, like, do you have anything to promo real quick while I'm um, pulling some shit up? Well, I, I, I guess I can promo. <laughs> it's gonna come out. I was about to promo the the mix show with Reagan and Watkins, but oh yeah, promo the thing that's happening tonight. Yeah, <laughs> there is that. It, in general, there's a like I said last week. Uh, it's an adventure is a part of mixed. Yeah. And along with uh, making podcasts and videos, Mixed also produces comedy shows, stand-up comedy shows. And they usually fe- feature big-time uh, working, touring comedians, comedians like Ian Edwards, uh, Josh Adam Myers, Annie Letterman, Kurt Metzger, uh, Jeremiah Watkins, Pat Reagan. Uh, there's usually multiple shows out of the month. And you can go to these shows at the Rec Room in Huntington Beach. Um, that's uh, Orange County's uh, homegrown comedy club. It's a cool place there. And, yeah, if you want to learn more about that, you can go online. Uh, mixed, uh, mix.com, I believe. Oh, shit, man. It's, it's my fucking website. I don't even know what, what is here. Let me. Let I'm, I'm going to stall. stall. <laughs> I'm all set up if you want to, like. Yeah. So I guess I'll just uh, look it up. It mix mix the comedy collective. You can follow us on Instagram. Yeah, and we put on some really cool shows, and you should go to them and check them out. Uh, okay. So I got I got a real quick one right here. Uh, this is from the Daily Mail, uh, by Mail Foreign Service. Female lawyer who stands just three foot eight inches in court sues witness who laughed hysterically at her and started singing "Hi Ho." <laughs> 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 a dwarf prosecutor is suing a man she called as a witness in a court case after he broke down laughing in court at her size. Really got to like be careful who you call in the court. Yeah. Cuz she called him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. She may stand only 3 foot 8 inches high, but miss do not know how to say that name. Punches well above her legal weight, as many villains in Frankfurt have found to their cost. Uh, w- whatever. I just like that. I like the imagery of a dude singing "Hi, hi ho, ho, hi ho." It's, it's off, off to, to jail. Co- you yeah. go. 
All right. Um. So, uh, how, what 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 are we on time? We are at forty two minutes. Here. Okay. Forty two. So, the answer to everything, according to Douglas Adams. If you guys reach Hitchhiker's Guide to the <laughs> Galaxy. So I got one ask Reddit that I think is pretty good. Cool. It's from Big Booby Sus eighteen. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, Reddit. What was the stupidest thing you did as a child? Dan, I'll, do, do you have one that you can think of? What was the dumbest thing I... Fuck. I think I cut my eyelashes once. That wasn't really stupid. It was just uh That sounds like random. a mistake. Yeah. 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 Zaybrad says, I painted my mother's car with red wall paint. I thought I was doing her a great service. <laughs> There's still some red paint in my parents' garage today. <laughs> what was the stupidest thing you've ever done? As a kid? Yeah. Shit, I don't know. Um, I was a, I was kind of a good kid. I think I did pretty one, good. I did one stupid thing when I was five. Yeah, and uh, my parents beat the shit out of me. Oh yeah, and I never did anything ever again. And it wasn't like, like they're they're Mexican, so it's, yeah, it's the thing. It's it's not like they beat me within like the inch an inch of my life. Inch of life, yeah. It's just like they they were stern. And I never did anything ever again. And I was just like, uh, I think that's what happened to me at school, too. I think I, I, whenever, when I was younger, if somebody would reprimand me, I'd hate it. I'd hate being reprimanded. I'd feel really bad. And so I would never act up ever again. Because I was, I think I goofed off my first few days of kindergarten. And my teachers were like, knock it the fuck out. Yeah. I was like, okay. And I was a good kid for the rest of my high school, uh, school tenure. See, I'm a quiet person, so I never... I shit my pants in kindergarten. <laughs> I remember doing that. But is that like stupid? I guess that's stupid. No. Stupid people shit their pants. No, because you were a kid. It's, yeah. And you were still pretty young. I was like six or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> still too old. <laughs> uh, I have a couple really good ones right here. Uh, the first one is from Pluto the Cat. Bungee cord tug of war. Yeah, the bungee cords with metal hooks on both ends. The first person to let go loses. The person that holds on longer wins. <laughs> so you just get someone go all the way back and then let go. Yeah. And the cord will come and hit you. Oh, God. Um, This one's from 2U3E9V. Yeah. Threw a <laughs> threw a brick in the air and greeted as it landed on my face. <laughs> Uh, deleted, deleted. I must have been about nine. And this is from Rackle Crackle. I must have been about nine. There was a parachute training center nearby my house. So one day my siblings and I decided to sneak to the grounds and try out the assault course. Oh. Part of it was a huge climbing frame with a long rope at the end. Three meters, maybe. Guess who did a fireman's pull with the rope drop? Yup. Rope drop question mark yup had to cycle home with ripped palms. The pain was so bad, but the smell from the friction was awful. Uh, you ever do like bouldering or rock climbing? No, I I did that a few years ago, like once every couple of weeks. Yeah, my hand would just be like n- almost no skin at the end of that shit. God damn! And it's like bouldering is such a weird thing because you don't have a rope to fall onto, so yeah. it's all you. So I it was hard for me to drive home because it was like yeah hand shit arm shit yeah. all over the place. I c- I think I have two instances of mm-hmm. stupid shit that I did when I was young. <laughs> uh, I, th- I they they just came to me uh, like a vision. 
Uh, there's this one time where I think I was maybe like around uh, six or seven. I was outside and um, I was hanging out with my grandma and I yeah. saw a razor, like a razor that she used to cut facial hair. Yeah. And I knew like, oh, people use this to cut the hair off their face. I'm going to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so I went to to cut the hair on my face. I had no hair because I was six. And uh, instead of getting the top of my lip, I got my actual lips. Oh, fuck that. And so I cut up my lips just real bad. You did Joker kind of yeah. shit. Yeah. Another um. thing I did <laughs> <laughs> when I was, uh, I think, three years old, uh, I was in Mexico. Yeah. And uh, I was outside in my uh, different grandmother's, different grandmother's backyard. And uh, she had cactus there. Mm-hmm. And I think I jumped into the cactus. <laughs> and I got I got a whole bunch of needles in me, and my mom had to use a uh, piece of gum to take them all out. Yeah, I <laughs> yep. I, s- I saw a video. I don't know like why they did this, but it was a um, it was some footage of Fallout New Vegas of a guy punching a a cactus. Yeah, and then they cut to a real guy punching a cactus, <laughs> and then in the Fallout in Fallout New Vegas. The character jumped into the cactus and nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> the real guy jumped in the cactus and it's about three seconds of just screaming. Oh, <laughs> uh, my phone's going off. Who cares? Uh, is that going to fuck up the audio? No. It'll, it adds a nice little texture to it. It does. Yeah. I don't give a shit. All right. Here's one. Last one and then we'll move on to messages and emails from the listeners. Yes. I had a clubhouse in my backyard, and we made... Oh, my God. Okay, there we go. Go to voicemail. I had a clubhouse in my backyard, and we made a booby trap that would drop actual bricks on someone's head if they came inside the door. Oh, God. I don't know what the fuck we were thinking. I decided to test it out to see if it would work. It did. I don't know what the fuck I was thinking. (laughs) Pretty sure there's a nice scar on my head that won't be visible until I start balding in my old age. (laughs) <laughs> what is it with people and bricks? Have you I noticed that? I don't know. That's right. so... Uh, that's criminal right there. <laughs> All right. So now we've got... Uh, now we're on to the letters and messages yeah. portion of our podcast. Uh, the first one uh, comes from a gentleman named Dick Boner. It's... Uh, I'm going to try and see if I can figure out who this is just by the, uh, the fan y- fiction. Yeah. So um, w- what we're going to do is uh i'm gonna read it as if it's a fan fiction okay so this is fan function <laughs> the uh that is the title of the piece yeah written by dick boner published uh august 8th to it's an adventure with victor and daniel uh narration by victor wright and commentary by daniel farius let's go vicky d vd for short and Danny D, DD for pleasure, are both recording a podcast when unbeknownst to them, a giant pussy-shaped alien comes through the door. Why don't they have the door locked? Because they knew the alien was coming. Spelled come like jizz, you know? <laughs> they both look up and know what to do. VD and DD grab a humongous condom and climb inside, covering themselves with lube. <laughs> the lube looks like cum, Cause it is cum. (laughs) (laughs) Very insightful. Thank you. (laughs) Then they, 
Then they climb inside the alien, effectively making every man and woman in the world get a super hard boner. <laughs> so hard that everyone has a little bit of pre, and that is pre-cum, yeah. as you know. <laughs> the alien explodes, and a small curly hair is all that is left. The curly hair turns into another DD. Danny D is t- so turned on seeing himself that they rub their dicks together until their chode juice is lapped up by Victor. Ah, <laughs> oh, it's gross. <laughs> uh, this next part makes very little sense in my mind. Uh, everything is super hot, and their guest, Kenny Weber, is like super gay now. <laughs> So uh, that uh, once again was fan fuction by Dick Boner. Wait, um, wait. So that what what that is Kenny Weber in the everything is super hot and their guest Kenny Weber is like super gay now. Okay. Like, <laughs> I like this <laughs> story was a bit all over the place. Yeah. But you know, it, it's one of the better ones I've read it so is, far. Yeah. yeah. Uh, way better than uh, mi- I think uh, Miss Frizzle gets crunk. You know, I just got a message saying that someone really liked that one. Really? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, that, of course, is the uh, part of the fan fiction. Yeah. Uh, not really a contest because we're not. Can- fan fiction activity. activity. Interactive yeah, activity yeah. that you can take part in. Maybe um, we can't. Hey, maybe in the future we can make it a contest. In the future when we are able to. To make that happen. Give things away. Give things away. I think we can... We can talk off mic, but yes. I think now we can... I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. 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 Uh, Stay I've, tuned, everybody. Yeah. No promises. No promises. I have another message. Uh, this is an Instagram message. Uh, it's from my good friend, Danny, ah. who is a faithful listener. Thank uh, you for listening, Danny. Thank you, Danny. You have a cool name. If you... <laughs> Uh, and by the way, this is in reference. Last week, we talked about being afraid of public restrooms. Yes. And like that we don't want to shit when people are around yeah if you think public bathrooms are bad in boot camp we had eight toilets for 40 guys <laughs> fuck and they were facing each other with no doors so you just shitting and talking to your buddy across the way <laughs> that's my personal hell yeah right there and by the way thank you for the lovely messages everyone yeah was, both of them were excellent and we appreciate them i wonder who dick boner is he's gotta know who kenny weber is yeah, I, I'm really, re- really curious. I want more fan fiction from Dick Boner. So Dick Boner, wherever you are, write us some more, and we'll read it. And I will find out. I who have you a are. feeling I know who it is. Who do you? Who do you think? Like I, I don't, I don't. I'll say it off mic because yeah, I don't okay, want to okay, yeah, like. You don't want to spoil it. He yeah. has a suit on him, you know. Got I don't want to gotcha. throw that off. Yeah. Um. No, I I had a friend in high school. We did the, okay. This is gonna need some explaining. Yeah, in high school, I went to a Catholic high school, all boys Catholic high school. Yeah, and one day in the summer, for freshmen, incoming freshmen, you'd have something called freshman formation. Yeah, where you go to the school for a weekend and you wake up early and you do PT and it's like a bonding thing for incoming freshmen. Yeah, like my junior year or senior year, we were like helping running run the thing. Yeah, and my friend had to take a massive shit. So I'm talking to him and I walk into the bathroom and I talk to him as a joke. Yeah. I'm like, all right, later. Almost said his name. I'm like, later, man, we're going to let you shit. He's like, what? No, let's keep talking. (laughs) 
I'm like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what that's what Danny's message reminded me yeah. of. I think though that's not so bad. I, it's it's the reason why like um because it's such like an intimate moment, right? When you're taking a shit. Cause it's you're like, vulnerable. You're very vulnerable in yeah. that. So you, you kind of like, I understand where people are like, oh, yeah, that's uh, I want to be left to myself. I don't really want to talk to you. Yeah. But he was able to do something really special in the army and have that stripped away. Because in the end, we all poop. I mean, there's a book out there that children read that states yeah. that we all poop. Everyone poops. You know, it's not. It's a, it's a normal thing. It's a it's a part of life. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess like. But it's such a vulnerable part. That it is, I, yeah. I'll tell you this right now, man. You're you're my friend. I like you a lot, but I don't want to talk to you while I'm taking a yeah. shit. Yeah. Like I think Psycho would have been improved upon if Alfred Hitchcock had her shitting <laughs> when Norman Bates came in to kill her. Yeah. I think that was in the first draft too. Yeah. And it, you see, like instead of the water, it's the shit swell around. It's like the toilet bowl. Yeah. Going around. Yeah. Oh. Uh, so that's uh, that's about it. We're we're uh, we're around there, right? Yeah, we're, we're fifty five minutes. It's not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, yeah. It's a little shorter podcast, but whatever. Yeah. Um. Oh, by the way, and I've I've been meaning to do this for the past couple weeks, and I've forgotten. Uh, I'm gonna be like posting the uh, where you can send us some more fan fiction. Yeah. I really appreciated this one. Um. And uh, if you have a question, fan fiction, suggestions, anything, you can message us at adventurewvad at gmail.com. That email again is adventurewv as in Victor, a d as in Daniel at gmail.com. Also, message if you know us on Instagram or Facebook, you can yeah. like you could DM me, yeah. like, and I'll read your shit. Slip into his DMs. Slip into my DMs, man. Do it. Yeah, do it. Also, too, um, they mentioned in that fan fiction they mentioned Kenny Weber. I guess for people who don't know who he is, Kenny Weber is a comedian here at Huntington Beach. Yeah, uh, he is also the uh, creator of, of mix and stuff. And yep. he's, he's friends of ours, and that's who he is. I'm always trying to do that. Whenever we mention somebody, I always try and be like, oh, this person is this. This person is that. This, 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 and that, so people know yeah, the context. We'll explain. Yeah. yeah. Um, and we'll be – you and I are going to be collabing with him yeah. pretty soon. I'm not going to, like, give away any dates or times or anything, yeah. but it's going to be happening. It's going to be happening. Yeah. So uh, I think I got to – where should I go for my birthday uh, for, like – Cause my mom's coming home at three thirty, and I have work at six. Yeah. So we have solid time. It's gonna be like a late lunch, early yeah dinner. Um, I'm thinking Red Robin. Red Robin's pretty good. I like Red Robin a lot. Yeah, I like. Um, they have endless fries. They do have endless. Honestly, that's endless fries. I might do that, or I might find. Oh, fuck! I want Red Robin, man. I haven't eaten. They have endless fries. They have that really good strawberry lemonade. They do. They have uh I get the uh the burger that has the the egg on it, the raw red robin mm-hmm. royale. Oh, so good. Apparently you could get that 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 strawberry lemonade with like spiked. Really? Apparently we we have a f- mutual friend and I don't know after last week if she still yeah, our, if that person Oh yeah, I have I have mentioned we mentioned that person too. Uh Tatiana Goldman. She's she's a, she's a friend of ours. 
uh, from school, and she also does things with mixed. Again, hopefully she's still. Hopefully she's still our friend. We kind of called we her out. That, we weren't we that. We weren't that mean. mean, were we? No, I think she'd appreciate it. I think she'd be funny. It, 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 I think she, I hope she'd think it's funny. No, I do. But too. I don't know if she thinks it's funny because she hasn't texted me back. <laughs> Has she texted you back, Victor? No, I'm not, I'm not doing this again. Because <laughs> I want her. I want her on this podcast at some point. I do. Yeah, you too. know. Because I think, like, she'd be, every time she's been on my radio show, she's been perfect. Yeah. So, um. I want her on a podcast, too. I'm I'm just doing it just for the joke. Yeah, yeah. I'm a little, I'm a little shithead. You don't have to be a shithead, but I'll be a shithead. See, I, I want her to, like, like me and respect me, so I'm not. I don't give a fuck. No, <laughs> I want her to like me and respect me, too. Yeah. So, uh. But, yeah, uh, hopefully, hopefully all the people that we mentioned on the podcast they understand we like them. We like them, and except for that one guy that I said that I don't like. Yeah, we don't want him on the podcast. No, we like that guy. Oh my, oh god. <laughs> Did he do something else? No, it's just like I'm thinking. I don't know what he he posted something on Facebook, and it made me mad. So I read everything that he's ever posted on Facebook, and I just don't like. Is it just ridiculous, or <sighs> it, would it be giving it? Too I, much, giving it too much away. No, I don't give a shit. Like I, I, I would say his name on air, but yeah. I don't, I'm not gonna do that. It's, you know, those people who think they're super smart. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, who think they have something to say, but yeah. they don't. Yeah. Yeah. But honestly, literally, literally everyone else we've ever mentioned on this yeah. podcast, I love and respect them yeah. genuinely. And yeah. like I said, like we mentioned them. And I think we should make it a rule. If we mention you on the podcast, you have to be on the podcast. <laughs> if we mention you by name, by name, you have to be on it. Dennis Rodman? Dennis Rodman! <laughs> Let's get him on there. Let's, uh, I want to get him on there just to ask him about North Korea. That'd be a fucking... Like, just to be like, uh, what's up, dude? But the thing is, he doesn't make any sense. Whenever people, Whenever he goes to the Harp or to Anchor Bar <laughs> in Costa Mesa... Comics always ask him what's up with North Korea, and he never makes any sense. All he does is stare at the ground and swear. If like if we do this, and now by the way, we should have ended this whole thing a few minutes ago. But if we were to get Dennis Rodman, we'd have to like isolate that interview or whatever yeah. with him, and then do the podcast, like do another podcast around that. I think we should do a gorilla podcast. We should go secretly stake. record him. No, we should stake out, stake him out at the harp. Have all our setup, and uh, if he shows up, be like, "Hey, Dennis, do you want to be on our podcast?" Yeah. And I think he's so out of it, he would agree. I don't know. That's just an idea, man. That's just an idea that I have. But he's he's like, I think I'd have to go because he's never there when you're there. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> it makes me so mad, dude. Because I was I was there at the harp. I was there, yeah. but only for five minutes, and I left because I wasn't feeling well. If I would have stayed, I would have... Are you feeling okay? What's up? No, I was, I was having stomach problems. Oh, okay. I think it was just something that I ate. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm good for the most part. I'm good for the most part. Okay. But from what I heard about Dennis Rodman is um, he's incoherent, and he's probably not <laughs> the best person to have a conversation with. <laughs> for me, it is. Yeah. Okay. But he hands out money sometimes. I know. He hands out $100 bills. Yeah. So, what uh, you said what you said about loving everybody that we mentioned we love all of you even you Tatiana I'm sorry that I called you out and make this joke I think it's funny I hope you think it's funny I think, I think it's I don't, funny too I don't know if you think it's funny because you never text me back 
<laughs> and so again, I I, I'm 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 stepping away from this one. <laughs> I I saw. Okay. I know she's busy. <laughs> I I know she's busy too. Yeah. Again, I saw the joke and I took it. <laughs> I took it. Yeah, and I, she she listens to the podcast. She's one of those uh uh faithful listeners. Yeah, so no, really and she said her, her support. Uh, well, you said that she said her friends. Yeah, her uh, roommates listened to it. Liked it. Too, so, too. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. We should get a. I might go to Umami Burger. Yeah, dude, Umami's so good. I went there last year with like my friend after, because I last year I went and got a couple of beers at uh the Arts District or the uh, fucking Packing District. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, I probably shouldn't drive. Let's yeah. go get <laughs> an Umami Burger. Yeah. So that place is bomb. I've only been there once, but me too. It's really good. I haven't forgotten it. It's yeah, amazing. me either. I think about it every day. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, this has been it's an adventure. Uh, my name is Victor. My name is Daniel. And uh, just look out for us on social media. Yeah. and we'll Reach be out to us. We love everybody. Mm-hmm. We love you, the listeners. We love everybody that we've mentioned, even the people that we make fun of yeah. lightly. Uh, we love all of you guys, and we will see you next time. Yeah. Peace. Peace.